You're listening to the Grace Covenant Statesville audio podcast. I don't know about you, but I have this void in my life. Um, Just this huge gap. I mean, there's no political ads anywhere anymore. I mean, I can watch TV for an hour and not one pops up. Nothing in the streets. Although I did see a residual one or two out there. But they're just, there's, it's like this instant withdrawal. Like, you're just inundated. Ah, then all of a sudden, boom, nothing. And um, nothing's there. So, let's just acknowledge the obvious. We as a nation um, made a choice for our next president this week. Um, Now, individually, may not have been your choice. But collectively, it was our choice um, for president. Now, there'll be consequences for that choice. Some good, some maybe not so good. Um, But choices matter, don't they? They do. The choices we make have a difference and an impact uh, on our life. A few years years ago, a study came out that found that an an average adult makes about 35,000 remotely conscious decisions each day. 35,000 decisions choices, decisions you and I make each day. Some of them are just completely unconscious. You know, if you're driving down the road, do I speed up or, you know, let off the gas? Or, I mean, some, it's just an unconscious action on our part as we're driving. Some of them are really, really simple choices. Um, am I going to wear the blue pants today or the brown pants today? Now, for some of us, those are really hard choices, but in theory, those are relatively simple. Some of our choices are life-changing. Am I going to accept this job offer or not? Am I going to say yes to their proposal or not? I mean, so the implications can be huge um, and far-reaching. These accumulated choices all work together over a lifetime to take us to our various outcomes. Now, said a different way, life is a matter of choices. And every choice you and I make makes you. You are, a, 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 to a large degree, our product of your choices. Now, today marks the beginning of a new series, uh, four weeks, that we're going to be talking about choices. And upcoming weeks, you're going to hear a sermon. Uh, in fact, next week, we're gonna, the, the sermon's going to be about choosing discipline over regret. Uh, week after that is gratitude, choosing gratitude over complaint. And three weeks from today, we'll be talking about uh, choosing surrender over control. Now, I want you to a uh, little exercise here. Close your eyes um, and just imagine, imagine your life. Imagine your life where everyone likes you. Everyone, regardless of what you say, what you do, everyone thinks you are awesome. And they have nothing but positive things to say about you. And it's really sincere, too. It's not just like, you know, just general talk. They're really sincerely, everyone just loves you. How does that feel? that feel good? Okay, you can open your eyes now. How does that feel, the idea that everyone loves me and everyone loves me? It feels wonderful, doesn't it? That life will never exist. It will never happen, unfortunately, except in your memory, except in your mind, in your imagination. Why? Why will that never be that way? Because no matter what you do, you can't please everyone. 
Now, imagine your life that not only can happen, but that God wants to happen. A life where you're so consumed with pleasing Christ that the approval of others just doesn't mean that much. Imagine waking up each day with passion and purpose in your life, knowing deep down you're doing what you were created to do. And that's what we're going to look at today, this idea of choosing purpose over popularity. Now, I have a picture I want to show you. Who can tell me what these are? Dental tools. And there's a lot of them. If you've walked in your dentist's office, you've probably seen a tray with a few of those out there. And uh, you sit down. And, and it's always, from, I don't know about you, but I'm always, because I sit down there, and it's usually a few minutes before the hygienist comes in to start. So I'm always look, picking these things up and just like, these are really fascinating tools. Um, um, but how many of you know what each of those, um, um, let me ask it this way. How important is it that you know how to use each of those tools? It's not important at all. How important is it that the hygienist knows the purpose for each of those tools? Yeah, really important, is it? Um, here's, here's what you don't want to hear as you're sitting down in the office. Wow, this looks interesting. I wonder what will happen if I try this one. Um, it's important that the hygienist knows the purpose, not just the purpose of each tool, but how to actually use it um, when it's uh, going into your mouth. Why? Because if you don't know the purpose of something, it will cause you to misuse the something. If you don't know the purpose of a thing, it will cause you to misuse the thing. If you don't know how to use something, typically what do you do or what, what should you do? Um, some of us are a little slow on this. But if you don't understand how, or if you don't know how to use something, you usually ask someone who does know how to use it to show you how to use it. So you ask for help. Or another way uh, anymore is you ask the manufacturer how to use it. Go, to the, go find the owner's manual. Um, and you check and look at that and say, all right, how was this used? And, but knowing the purpose of something, know what it's intended to do and how to use it makes all the difference in the world. Unfortunately, too often... We find our purpose and meaning for our lives and how others see us. Do I fit in? Am I good enough? Do I measure up? Do you approve of me? Um, not too long ago, uh, actually it was last month, um, for our anniversary, both Betsy and I posted you know, a picture and, uh, for, on our anniversary. You know, all oh, this is the best you know, time, you know, and just really nice things and genuine, but... I don't know about you, but as a guy, I feel kind of obligated to do it. Just, you know, just like, because she does it automatically. It's like, oh, okay, I guess I have to. Um, but the next morning was really funny. Um, we were, she was re- reading together, we're the same part of the house, and I hear this, oh, no. I mean, like in a tone of voice that was really, really troubling. I was like, oh, did she, did she read something? Something happened to somebody? As, you know, when did someone pass? I mean, what, what happened? It was so terrible. I was like, what? What's going on? She says, you have the same number of likes for my, your post as I do for mine. <laughs> I was like, and that was a really bad thing. 
that for her that, because not, not, you know, typically I'll post something and five people might like it. I tag her, 95 people will like it within 10 minutes, it seems like. Uh, but the fact that she and I had the same number of likes and comments on it was just very troubling for her. Now, over time, that quickly separated and she, uh, she won that competition again. Um, but here's the problem. Living for the approval of people keeps you from the purposes of God. Living for the approval of people keeps you from the purposes of God. And instead of trying to find meaning through the approval of others, we should be pursuing the purposes of God. Now, um, let, me, let me make a distinction here. I'm not, sometimes we think about purpose with a capital P. Like it's kind of like our destiny, our grand, you know, the meaning of life, and this is the overarching idea. Our, maybe it's a lifelong calling. For the purposes of what I want to share today, think of purpose in, with a lowercase p. Okay? It's the day-to-day meaningful acts. Acting with intent, acting with purpose, acting with meaning. That may be that you're talking to someone, <clears throat> and, and it's usually an interruption of what you're doing, or maybe it's an inconvenient type of conversation. And, but as you're talking, you discover they're really hurting and... Um, you realize that your purpose in, for that time is to actually help them and to listen to them. And you realize that God wants me to be involved with them here at this time. Um, earlier this week, I was talking with Roberta. Uh, many of you know Roberta. And she hasn't been back since the church since March, uh, largely because of um, the COVID concerns. And, and she herself is in a kind of a high-risk demographic, and it's, it's got her rattled. Um, and... Um, and I, I think I can say this without divulging any, any, any confidences, but some of the racial things that have happened, for those of you who may not feel with Ritter, she's, she's African-American. Um, some of the, the racial things that have been going on this year have really, really rattled her. Um, and as she's talking about things that she's observing and things that she's seeing and things that she's experienced, it's re- she was really, really upset. And so um, she's talking, tell me, but the thing was, this was supposed to be a really short phone call. Um, I called her just to check in and say, how, how are you doing? I wanted to hear your voice. And I I'd actually was in my car. I'd reached my destination point. I was sitting in the car in the parking lot ready to go into where I was going next. And, but as she talked, I could tell she was really hurting. And uh, I quickly realized in that moment, my purpose was Roberta. And so for the next 30 minutes, I listened as she poured out her heart and just vented and just some of the things that were, that were welled up inside of her. And I had a chance to pray with her there before we hung up. Sometimes we're overly preoccupied with trying to figure out the capital P of our life, of purpose, our destiny, our lifelong calling. And we don't pay enough attention to the small moments, the little P purposes. The irony is that as we continue to pursue more and more of the little P purposes, those incidents, those moments, the much larger destiny, the most larger uh, capital P purpose begins to emerge. Now, we can see how choices can lead us to God's purposes in the person of Moses. Um, And there's a passage actually from Hebrews. Uh, The writer of Hebrews is reflecting back in the life of Moses and is talking to us. And so Hebrews chapter 11, I'd like us to read this together, if we could. If we could read this together out loud. <clears throat> just because that is just a couple verses here. 
By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as uh, this morning as we're, we're talking about choices and the implications of choices that we make and this idea of trying to choose, um, uh, making decisions based upon purpose and significance and meaning and, uh, Lord, uh, wanting to hear, Lord, from you this day as to what that means for us because it, it can mean very different things for each of us. Um, but God, each of us, I believe, desire uh, to be in a place in life where we can hear from you and hear uh, your, 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 your leading and speaking to us that allows us then to engage others around us. Uh, so God, help us to hear what we might need to hear today. And Holy Spirit, we ask and invite you to, to um, influence our thoughts this day, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, Moses, if you remember the story of Moses, was born into slavery in a foreign country. So not only was he born into slavery in his own country, he was born into slavery in a foreign country. He was an Israelite in Egypt. Now, at the time of his birth, um, the Egyptians were afraid because of the, gr- the vast growth that the Israelites had had. They had, been ocu- they had been kind of keeping the lid on the Israelites for, um, actually by this point in time, a couple of centuries. The numbers were getting so large. Pharaoh, in an effort to do some population control, um, and to minimize the risk to the Egyptians, said, I want all the baby boys killed. All, every baby boy is to be killed. Um, Moses' mother had kept him, she, he was born, she kept him quiet, or kept him um, unknown uh, for three months. And at that point in time, it was, he was just getting too big and too much. And so she built a basket. And some of you know the story. And uh, we see the flannel graph pictures of uh, you know, a little baby in a, in, in a basket in the reeds of the Nile on the side of the Nile River. And uh, Pharaoh's daughter is down there bathing and finds him. And Moses ends up growing up and being raised as the daughter, as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. So he grows up in the palace, if you will. He grows up royalty. Moses had the best education at that time in the, in the world. Egyptian was the center of knowledge at that point in time, and Moses was in the middle of it. He had every food choice he could want. He had clothes. He had wealth. He had fame. He had power. Um, Moses had the best that life had to offer. Um, Some of our non-biblical sources actually um, identify Moses within the Egyptian hierarchy as, as a military general, and that had some very positive military conquests in Ethiopia, during that time period. Moses at that time actually had a, a very positive reputation within the populace of the Egyptians. He had it all. He had everything he could ever want and ever hope to have and ever aspire. And he chose, he chose to give it up. Moses chose to follow God's direction rather than live in the comfort of the palace. Moses chose calling over comfort. He chose purpose over popularity. Now let me say it again. Living for the approval of people keeps you from the purposes of God. 
So the question is, why is choosing purpose so important? I think there's a few reasons. One of them is that purpose instills confidence. Purpose instills confidence. Um, do you recall from the story of the Exodus, um, you know, when, when God spoke to Moses through the burning bush and said, listen, you know, I've, I've been hearing the, the, the voices of the, of the Israelites and their slavery and their, their impoverishment and trouble, and I'm wanting to deliver them through you. I want you to lead the Israelites out of Egypt. Um, do you remember um, Moses' response? How confident was Moses in this? Not very, was it? He didn't say, hey, sweet, let's go. No, he used every excuse in the book. Oh, I can't. I, I mean, no one's going to, I mean, no one's going to listen to me. What do I say to them when they say, you know, oh, what if they don't believe me? And what, and he came up with all these different excuses. Um, I'm, you know, I'm not a good speaker. And, and what did God tell him? How did God respond? <laughs> not a whole lot of conversations. Go, I'm sending you. Now, God didn't give him the next step. He didn't just say, all right, now go, figure it out. He said, all right, here's what's going to happen next. Here's what I want you to do next, which, was, which I think is critical. God doesn't ask us to go from point A to point Z in one step. What's the next step that he wants us to take? And that was a big deal for Moses. And it's a big deal for us today too. Because when we have clarity of purpose, when we know what it is we're supposed to do, even if it's just in the moment, we can move forward with boldness in times of adversity, knowing that we are on the right path. So purpose instills confidence. Another thing uh, purpose does is it also diminishes distractions. Now, we see this, uh, although we're not going to take time to actually go on this, but the story of Nehemiah, some of you may be familiar with that. Uh, it was, the Israel was co- uh, um, conquered and run over by the Persian army. Many of the population were carried back to what is present-day Iran, and that's where they were, you know, held. And Nehemiah was actually a servant um, in, in the, the court then of the Persian Empire. And uh, years later, he hears from a friend that Jerusalem, way back over there, is still lying in ruins. The Persians just kind of leveled it. Um, and and uh, when Nehemiah heard this, it, uh, it devastated them. In fact, in verse 4 of Nehemiah 1, he says, When I heard these words, I sat down and wept and mourned for days, fasting and praying before the God of heaven. Here's a sign. If you find that something's happening and it's created an emotion within you, it's a good indication that, that God's a purpose for you in that moment. Something has been triggered in you that I believe more often than not is God-given. So pay attention to those emotions when something happens. Nehemiah, he gets permission from the king to return and rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. And so he returns and the, the rebuilding's well underway. In fact, they're, you know, they're finding great success and things are getting done. And opposition from two guys named, uh, I love his name, Sanbalat and Geshem. Two guys, two local leaders who didn't like what was happening because of what it would mean for their own influence in the region. And so they had been opposing him verbally, and they finally sent um, to uh, request him. I said, "Hey, come on down. Let's have lunch. Let's talk. Come on down." And Nehemiah, I love Nehemiah's response. He says, "I am doing a great work, and I cannot come down. Why should I? Why should the work stop while I leave it to come down to you?" I love that. I'm doing a great work, and I can't come down. 
I'm doing what God called me to do, and I'm not going to let myself get distracted. I need to listen and let my friend vent for now. I can get the other stuff later. These moments are so very, very precious. We come away from those encounters with an increased sense of significance and purpose. There's an awareness that we're working with God for the benefit of others. Very few moments are that cool and that, that rewarding and that fulfilling. So purpose instills confidence. Purpose diminishes distractions. Purpose also pushes you through the pain. There's a, a number of us that are currently um, going through physical therapy. Uh, Len has had shoulder surgery. Um, <clears throat> Tim's had shoulder surgery. Nettie had a knee replacement here, Nettie Vorwald here uh, not too long ago. Um, and we've had a few uh, of you that have had to go through therapy. Now, after, after surgery, after the, 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 everything is healed sufficiently, what begins to happen? They want you to do physical therapy. Is physical therapy fun? Do you enjoy it? Is it pleasurable? No. It hurts. You know, it's not fun. It's not pleasurable. We don't enjoy it. But you've got to go through it if you're going to get better. Now, so what's the motivation for going through it? For some, it may be a, an asp- uh, kind of a, a part of fear. If I don't do this, my joint's going to freeze up and I will never get full motion again. And so it's what, it's, you do it because you don't want something bad to happen. A much more positive motivation might be, listen, if I do this, I can play catch with my grandkids. Or if I do this, I can do this with my spouse. Or if I do this, I'm able to be able to go back to doing this. And so that positive carrot that's out there becomes that motivation. And it becomes our sense of purpose. I'm doing this to get to here. I'm doing this because I want that. Pain can sometimes, uh, or the sense of purpose allows us to push through the pain then. Um, Now, it probably comes at no surprise, but the pathway to purpose is paved with pain. It was for Moses. It was for David. It was for Nehemiah. It was for Jesus. It was for the disciples. Don't think you're an exception. Whenever you are doing what God has called you to do, your spiritual enemy will come against you. There will be opposition. But with purpose comes pain. But I love what Paul says in Philippians. Philippians 3, he says, I do not consider that I have made it on my own, but this one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the heavenly call of God in Christ Jesus. We're doing this for reward. There's a reward at the end. There's a benefit. There's motivation out there for doing this. It's not just be self-sacrificial. The pathway to your purpose is paved with pain, but when you have clarity of purpose, you keep going through the pain. So we've talked about purpose, how it instills confidence, how it diminishes distractions, and how it it helps you to push through the pain. Lastly, purpose empowers you to please God. In uh, Acts chapter 5, there's a story of the uh, the disciples, a couple of disciples, where they're out talking about Jesus. And um, they're told you can't talk about Jesus. 
Not much has changed in 2,000 years, has it? You can talk about any topic you want to, but just don't bring up the name of Jesus. Um, they said, in fact, they were imprisoned, they were beaten, and they said, you can't do this. I love the response. <clears throat> Peter got up before the, the leaders, and he responded to them, we must obey God rather than any human authority. We must obey God rather than men. So why were the disciples willing to endure public ridicule? Why were they willing to endure imprisonment and persecution, even death? <clears throat> because they had chosen, because they had chosen God's purpose for their lives over popularity. Listen, we can't please everyone, but we can please God. Purpose empowers you to please God. <clears throat> In the verses we read here a little earlier, Moses regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. Now, there is value in being liked by people. There's nothing wrong with that. But there's greater in value in being loved by God. There's value in comfort. It's my preference, actually but there's greater value in God's calling. There's value in fun and friends, but there's greater value in faithfulness to God. There's value in starting something important, but there's greater value in finishing something for the glory of God. There's value in being popular, but there's greater value in serving God's purposes. Now, the key to all this, I think, is to be faithful in the moment. For some, maybe it's a season of life. You know, we're, we're, some of us are at home raising kids or grandkids, and it doesn't always wind our clock. It is, may not be as fulfilling as we think it would be or the way we'd like it to be, and, and we begin to wonder, is, should, is this really my purpose? Is this all there is? Or maybe we're sacrificing to go back to school, or maybe we're doing, there's other choices we're making that for the moment are causing pain, but we recognize that there's something else down the road. Or maybe, it's, again, it's being interrupted by a phone call or a friend or someone else who is struggling and having a hard time. And it's easy to think, there's other stuff I want to do. There's other stuff I ought to be doing. There's other stuff I should be doing or need to be doing. But we have to decide in this moment, in this season, is this God's purpose for my life. If it is, then pour your heart and soul into it. Give it everything you've got. Do it as unto the Lord. Because in this, you'll have sense of purpose and meaning. And down the road, sometimes it becomes much more obvious and evident as to why we're doing what we're doing. Now, to a large extent, <clears throat> your life is the sum total of the choices you've made in the past. And the decisions you make today will shape who you become tomorrow. Are you making decisions based upon how others might see you? Or are you making decisions based upon God's purposes in your life? So I think for, for all of us, the most important decision we can make is to surrender our life to Jesus Christ. That's the most important choice we can make is to surrender. Say, God, I need you. 
I've tried to do things my own way. I've tried to live life my own terms, but I need you in my life. I want to submit my life to you and follow you in all I do. If you haven't done that, I want to encourage you, even this day, even today, you can make that decision. You can pray and say, God, I want you in my life. I surrender my life to you. And you can make that choice, make that decision today. For others of us, we've made that choice. Sometimes it's good to go back and revisit it. Sometimes, you know, you know it's, I, I don't know about you, but the longer you're in a home, you collect things. And you don't realize how much you've collected until you need to move. And you've got to pack and get rid of and. And I think sometimes as Christ followers, our spiritual life gets the same way. And we collect things over time. It's nothing, nothing that in and of itself is overt and it's not. But sometimes we just, we, it's good for us to take stock and say, where is Jesus with regard to the lordship of my life? And sometimes it's good just to reflect and think and maybe, you know what? I've got a little bit too much stuff in my life. I need to consolidate. I need to get rid of some things. And that's a really, really good practice. And maybe that's what you need to do this morning. <clears throat> and others of us just need to really rethink it. It's all right. God, is there something in my life that I need to be focusing on? That, um, and again, maybe there's some activity or something happening that you're not all that excited about. But are you okay? If God were to say, this is what I need you to do, are you willing to say, okay? Not grudgingly and not haphazardly, but, but fully and doing with sincerity and saying, God, if this is what you want me to do, I will do it to the best of my ability for your glory and for your name's sake. And if that's the kind of choice you're facing today, I want to do everything I can to encourage you to take that step. Again, because sometimes we make decisions today, we don't know what the implications are going to be. We don't know get down the road, we can say, ah, okay, now I get it. Thank you, Lord, for giving me this opportunity to serve this way. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, um, all of us make choices. Some of us have made some really, really good choices in, in days past. Some of us have made some not-so-good choices. Some of us have made some really bad choices. And uh, the simple fact is we, we live with the consequences of those decisions today. And Lord, for those of us who have made choices that, um, Lord, are, that are just contrary to how we should be living, God, forgive us. Lord, in this moment, we ask for you to forgive us. We repent and say, God, forgive us for the choices that we've made in this way. And I want to encourage you, if, if, if God is bringing things to your mind that that are there you need to to repent of to to do that right there, right where you're sitting. Lord, there's other of us who are making choices today. We're faced with decisions and we're not sure which way to go, but uh, God, I pray that you would give clarity. That that, that even if it's not the popular decision, even if it's not one that uh, we get excited about, but God, if there's a conviction in our heart that that's what you're asking us to do, Lord, let us be able to make that choice Lord, with a sense of purpose and determination. And uh, Lord, in that, may we find joy and peace and contentment. Lord, if there's anyone here who needs to surrender their life to you and to submit to you every area of their life, Lord, may they make that choice this day as well. 
Lord, uh, we are a product of our choices and the choices we make today will influence who we are tomorrow. So Lord, help us to make good choices and right choices. Help us to make wise decisions, I pray. Now, Lord God, I ask for your blessing and favor to be upon each one here. And uh, Lord, that you would give them wisdom, give them discernment uh, as they make choices. And Lord, again, may you show them favor in all that they do, I pray. And so, Lord, we continue to put our lives into your hands and trust you in all things. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.